Well, th- hey, thanks for that, uh, that slam dunk that you threw down on me there a, a month or so ago. I mean, does anybody, like, look at a sunset, like, on a beautiful day? What is that cat doing? Uh, Jim is doing that swooshy thing again. I already gave him a little bit of shit. Am I allowed to say shit? I gave him a little bit of shit. And welcome to episode 44 of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. I am your host, Adam McKinnon, joined as often by my co-host, Jim Passon Jr. Jim. Hey, Adam. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing good, and I'm going to blindside you with this right now. But I, I, think, I think I've come up with a title for you, okay? Oh, I've come up with a, a new way. You are, and, I, and I, a quick Google search tells me that this has not been taken yet. But okay. you are the stat master general. <laughs> stat master and, general. And that is absolutely, you don't have a say in this. That's how you're going to be introduced on this show when it's just us. When we got to be serious, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll, but, but yeah, the stat master general. Yeah, I've got like advanced clearance into the romantic about baseball website. That, that makes sense. <laughs> it's true. It's not, it's, it's not untrue. All stats run through me from here on out. That's right. Bring it. You are Bring this, it. You, you are uh, maximum clearance. Sweet. That's why I, I like it, man. I'm in. I've never had a nickname, so I'm in. Put there me you down go. For, for Statmaster General, SM, SMG. SMG. Short. Who's that guy? Right. He's the SMG. He's the SMG. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. As, yeah. so, yeah, I'm in for that. Awesome. Bring it. All right, cool. And, and I was listening to the intro there and everything else, and uh, – and the Hannah Kaiser part always gets me, right? Always like, <laughs> I was 50-50 right? about putting that in because she does curse. And I actually have a version of it where I bleeped it. And I was just like, nah, man, nobody's listening to this that cares. <laughs> I mean, up till about two minutes ago, I think she said shit more times on this stage, on this uh, show than I have, right? So, she, no, it's really now I've passed her. You've, you've passed the threshold. It cracks me up because I, I listen, I've listened to a few podcasts she's done shout out to hannah and she's and she has done this multiple times where she'll say shit but then immediately ask if she can say it like she does she she did that on um rob nyer's podcast too like she came on that show and then she was like i mean the shit can i say shit and just like (laughs) well you said it it's it's too late now right (laughs) with it i love it i love it yeah ask her under 30 I mean, we got an under thirteen audience. We got to worry about. That's so, that's yeah. true. Our demographics skew young. <laughs> so, well, well uh, welcome everybody and uh, Jim. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start off with just uh, some quick news and notes here, just to kind of get ourselves acclimated a little bit. It's been a couple weeks since we've done a show. Um, so first off, um, just want to run down the teams that have clinched uh, playoff spots so far. Oh, the the okay. season's almost over. Yeah, it's it's that's the news. Good lord, it's really yeah. The Nationals are nineteen and thirty one, and it's not cool this time. <laughs> Again, right? yeah. Whoops. Um, yeah, they're not they're not gonna make it. Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. So uh, get you got to leapfrog the powerhouse Marlins. You know what I mean? Um, so clinched playoff spots as of now. Okay, I'm just gonna no particular order. Um, the Padres and White Sox break their decade plus playoff streak they will appear in the postseason this year 
uh, the Athletics, Dodgers, Yankees, Rays, and Twins are all in. Now, when we were doing these shows back in, you know, I don't know, December, when we did our off-season previews, remember that, that time decades ago when we did a full division-by-division off-season preview? You know what I mean? Life, life was so much uh, more optimistic back it was then. So, <laughs> it was a different time. Um, it, felt like, it felt like 2019. Did you did you have how many of these teams that I just listed? How many of these? And I'm not asking. I'm not going to go to the tape. But how many of these did you have on your postseason picks list? Oh man, I mean the White Sox were a darling, right? I mean right. that was the best that I was willing to offer them. I was like, but that was you know when I was expecting there'd only be five teams into the into the postseason, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, so- I mean, that kind of puts them, I guess, middle of the pack for an 18 setup. Uh, Tampa's always tough. Yankees, of course. Minnesota. Oakland's always around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's all right. San Diego, no, no. I mean, they, I, I felt like they weren't in close. That I didn't think they were that close. I thought, I thought if anything, pitching was probably going to be the thing that was going to be the strongest suit in San Diego. I was wrong. Right, yeah. And, uh, and then the Dodgers, obviously, but... I, I mean, yeah. I mean, if we look back way back then, if you could have put, if I'd have known it was like an eight teams, if like half the league was going to be playing in the postseason, probably would have come out okay. But uh, yeah, I still probably wouldn't have got the San Diego one right. I probably wouldn't have stretched that far. But I, I think I think we were both in the same in the same boat where we, I did not pick them. You know what I mean? Like I, I still thought they were a year away. Yep. So, so to see the, to, to see the, the fruit come to the tree a little early, even, you know, even though it's an expanded playoff, I mean, it's still, they would make it, they would make it without an expanded playoff. So, um, yep. you know, kind of mind blowing there. Yeah, uh, it's just crazy to think that like the five teams in the American league that have clinched, right. Tampa, the Yankees, the White Sox, the twins and the athletics. Right. I mean, in another year and it like last year, that's it, right? If those if five teams have clinched, you you're already locked up your league, right? So, right. what's that set you up for a, a Yankees Twins uh, a wild card game, right? Oh sense. The, everyone in Minnesota is just like like had an aneurysm. I yeah, mean, but it but it puts like Houston outside. It puts Cleveland outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto wouldn't be in that group, right? Of the of the top eight, right? I mean. Especially right. thinking of Houston and Cleveland missing the postseason, right? Houston and Cleveland are going to make the postseason only because of the expanded playoffs. Right. I mean, that's – and I would not – if you told me that – I mean, if you told me so many things before the season started, I would have never gotten it. But but that – in from a baseball perspective, you know, if you had told me the Astros would be clinging to a playoff spot, having to fend off – the Mariners mm-hmm. for the final right. playoff spot in an expanded playoff. I, I mean, I have been guilty of some pretty wild takes on this show, and in general, <laughs> um, I will never not, I will never not own my surety that Anthony Rendon was going to be a White Sox, but like, yep. I. Uh, I have no, I would have never guessed that. So, you know, and, 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 you know, it does, even with everything going on, you still have the national league where the last couple spots are like airtight. And then the American league, it's like, it's pretty much done already. 
you know. Yeah, I mean? it, the the American League. I mean, if you would have asked somebody, uh, if you would have asked everybody on like Twitter like a week and a half ago, like said, "Hey, these eight teams as of today are the eight teams in the American League that are going to make the postseason at the end of the season." Yes or no? Is this true or false for a statement? I think ninety percent of the people have been like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. Those are the eight teams that are going to get there. And and here it is, like a week and a half since that day, and with a week to go, it's like, yep, those are the eight teams. It's been a pretty boring American league, despite having the race to be one of the final eight, right? The, the race for the final eight ended at, I guess, the all-star break or whatever the heck it would have been in the middle of the season this year. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it sort of shows you the, the disparity because now, you know, you look at the national league and it could change not just seating, but the, yep. the whole thing could turn upside down. So Unless yeah, you're the Dodgers a, or the Padres or, or or the Braves, I guess at this point you could probably put them in that category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's there's um, some answers to be done over there still, right? But yeah, but but even even that is is you know it's starting to it's starting to dwindle fairly quickly. I mean, what the, the Mets do they? I mean, are are they done? Right? I mean, the Mets are twenty four and twenty nine. I mean, right. they almost feel like they're done to me, but yet they still have a better record than. Pittsburgh, Washington, Colorado, Arizona, right? I mean, they're, they're the 11th best team. So really, right. I mean, if I feel like they're done, then we're down to our final 10 teams in the National League with what, who's on the outside looking in right now, like Milwaukee and Cincinnati and San Francisco basically are tied for eighth. Right. And that's, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it does sort of illustrate the difference in how the leagues are approaching it. You know, it was the American league that had all the hundred win teams and all the hundred loss teams. And mm-hmm. in these short samples, you know, it really does kind of show that if you have a competitive league, like, you know, the national league does, you're going to get these types of results, but you're also going to dilute the product too, because now you're looking at the, all the American league teams will, cons- will most for surely finish over 500. You could yep. easily have, think of what could have, think of a sub 500 Cincinnati Reds team getting into the playoffs yep. and out of nowhere with that rotation, making a run, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, or, it, it, yeah. Or, or at least making, you know, the worst nightmare come true for the Dodgers and, losing two out of three because this team's got two good pitchers, right? right? I mean, they can, they can go out and win a two out of three series against the Dodgers, but if they had to play a three out of five or a four out of seven against them, probably not so much. Right. right. Um, I mean, I, I longer series, I placed my money on the bigger, bigger team. So it, it, oh, it, it stinks. I, I just can't, I don't know. I just don't want a team in there with like a losing record or a 500 record and, and coming in and, and messing everything up. But I mean, I guess some people see the joy in it. And right. So I guess it, yeah, it, it's, we're going to talk more about the expanded playoffs after the break, but it's really been, it's really been something. Um, yeah, I mean, I always liked the Cinderella story in like college basketball or whatever yeah. and everything else. Right. But I mean, I mean, even the actual Cinderella story only had like one Cinderella in it. So, I mean, we don't need a bunch, right? So, um, true. That's kind of them. That's what the expanded playoffs feels like to me. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about that more later. 
Um, so Jim, you, you know, what many people don't know about us is both of us work pretty, pretty hour intensive day jobs. And that may yeah. be the understatement of the century for you this past week. So you have been, you know, and I, we have not pre-screened this segment. We have not like, you know, <laughs> I'm about to like totally lay something on Jim here. So Jim, how many baseball games did you get to watch this week? This week? Uh, I, I, I think I've watched two innings of Yankee baseball and I may have listened to an entire game on, uh, on my, on my phone while I was at work. Right? Okay. But that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Not much. Gotcha. Okay. So we're, we're going to play a very quick game here before the break of who had a better week. Okay. I'm going to give you a pair of hitters and a pair of pitchers and without any context, cause I have not given you the names of these players beforehand. I need, I'm going to ask you who had the better week, okay? Oh, man, this is all going to be based off what my Twitter feed tells me. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Ready? Okay. Who had okay. a better week, Cole Calhoun or Freddie Freeman? <laughs> oh, man. I can't. You wouldn't be asking this question if it wasn't Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun, then. Okay. <laughs> the, I was worried this would be a little obvious. Cole Calhoun, okay? Added. Yeah. Do you have any idea how much he added to his war? This is F war. This the, during this past seven day split here. No, no. What's he at? He added point eight war to in the seven days. His astonishing six fifty nine woba and his triple slash of four thirty five, four sixty two, twelve sixty one. That's not his OPS. That's just his slugging. That's for pretty good. For this past week. Insanely bests. Okay, that's over six games, 26 plate appearances. That bests, the front runner for MVP, Freddie Freeman, who had who added 0.6 war, had a 544 WOBA, and his triple yeah. slash of 458, 536, 792. Oof. Like, Man. like when Ow. I pulled that up, I, I did not expect that name at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, you have that type of uh, week, and then, yeah, Cole Calhoun goes all Babe Ruth, right? Just bonkers. (laughs) Nuts, man. No, no, I didn't have a clue that was happening, right? I mean, I hear the the Freddy stuff, but, man, I totally didn't see any of the Cole Calhoun stuff come across my timeline. Yeah, it's it's a very silent. uh, He's he's silently having an amazing week. Um, MVP, MVP. MVP type of week, right? Yes. I mean, if you could just put that together for the whole season. So I'd uh, love Cole Calhoun MVP. Me too. That would like make my life. Uh, right? Just to just to have him just ride into the sunset, like hey, That'd be awesome. Here I am, right here. Got it. Wasn't was it one year? Was it signed a pillow contract with the you know just to, just to get a job? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. Okay. Oh, okay, right. yeah, the, I got that one right. right. You did. Yeah, I'm a little worried this one might be obvious too. But the, well, let me say that this one. I'm not even fully decided on who had the better week. I just went by addition of FWAR. Okay, for this. All right. All right. J. Hap or Trevor Bauer. Man, it's gotta be Bauer. I mean, Hap had a pretty decent week, I think. But that's just that might have been one of the games I might listen to. Okay. I don't remember. So here's, I'm not going to give you, because, it, it, you know, um, Hap added more wa- a war, okay, 0. 0.5, right. okay, Bauer added 0. 0.2. But I'm going to oh. give you the stat lines here, and this is what this is what really kind of threw me for a loop. This is why I, 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 pitcher war is so weird. Okay, ready? 
pitcher pitcher one, thirteen point one innings pitched, seventeen strikeouts, two point zero three ERA. Okay, yep. Hap. Ah, I just gave it away. Uh, <laughs> Hap threw thirteen innings, fourteen Ks, point six nine ERA. Yeah, I was very surprised that. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It, it was close. I mean, when you say who had the better week, I have to default to Hap. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, that's close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like that's a difference between point two and point five, right? I mean, it doesn't It doesn't seem like uh, Hap had that much better of a week. You know who had a better week than both uh, of them? Pro- probably the Cubs pitcher guy. Uh, no. Through- through a no hitter, no, never That was last week, I think. Anyway, yeah. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, I've been hearing a little bit of buzz about. What's up with him? So, so Ben Lindbergh did a really great, like, sort of breakdown on Corbin Burns uh, this week on Effectively Wild. Um, they t- so Corbin Burns last year. Okay, he threw like, and this is off the top of my head. He threw to like an eight ERA. Had the most ridiculous home run to fly ball ratio. Had the most insane. Uh, you know, just really off the charts, like type of bad luck peripherals. He had like a insanely high bat pip, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. This year, he is on the he. The pendulum has not just swung the other way; it's broken the wall on the other side. Now his like home run to fly ball rate is like less than ten percent or something. His um, he, he is uh, his BAPIP is like uh, like just barely over two hundred, I think. Something crazy where his peripherals went from extremely unlucky to extremely lucky, and his ERA has flipped around with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good grief! Just the uh, last five games. Uh, what one earned run 29 and two thirds inning him a 0.3 era uh a 152 batting average against but a 276 babbit that's crazy i i was really kind of i was really kind of floored and 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 so like Lindbergh really broke it down really well but corbin burns was a guy that like you know a lot of people couldn't understand why you know he was like a sleeper pick and then he turned out to be a total bust last year and this year, and everybody said, "Ah, oh, you know, he's you know he's done or whatever." And then he comes back, and he's like, and he's like a dynamo. But the peripherals are are one extreme to the other. So there's probably yeah. some regression coming there, but you know, something worth I noting. I'd hope so. I mean, yeah, like in that last five games, about 14k per nine. Yeah, I mean, lights out. But I mean, that's the whole thing about like a short season, right? Somebody like that can you know, put a stretch together like that. And all of a sudden they're right into the, the Cy Young conversation and there ain't much time to screw it up. Right. I mean, right. What's, what's he got left in him? One, two starts at the most. Looks probably like one, uh, was a game 51 for the Brewers yesterday when he pitched. So he's probably yeah. only got one left in him and that's it for the rest of this season. So, um, pretty interesting yeah, turnaround. Then, then part of the Cy Young conversation, just like that short season. Yep. So, it's when, amazing I mean, what that does. I mean, you look at like that's his last five starts, right? I mean, uh, six innings, six innings, seven, four and two thirds, and six. Not really like going deep, but I mean, next to no hits, no runs. Uh, but the games before that, I mean, 
weren't that good. The longest he even lasted was five and a third. He uh, did that twice. Well, Ca- Council's two. never been someone to let his starting pitcher, you know, he's, he's a quick hook. Yeah. So the fact that yeah. he's even getting into the six and seven, he's getting six and seven per start on a consistent basis is, you know, it's improvement, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, there's two of them. He didn't even get out of the fourth inning. Three of them. Three out of his, yeah, first six starts, never got out of the fourth. And the other ones, he never got out of the fifth. Mm-hmm. Son of a gun, right? It, yeah. or, <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah, exactly. And now here he is, part of the conversation. That's bonkers. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I've seen a little bit of buzz about him lately. So, yeah, I'll be dead. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, that the Cy Young in particular is going to be an interesting race down the stretch. All right. Well, um, that we've uh, that that's all the news and notes we want to cover today. Um, we're going to. Um, you know, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk expanded playoffs and um, what baseball needs to do to make that work. So we'll be back. We're back, uh, Adam and the Jim, the stat master general here. And, uh, we are, you know, I wanted to, t- Jim, I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, so my Rob Manfred says that expanded playoffs, uh, are a real possibility to him beyond 2020. And there's a whole thing like that, like was matriculating in my brain, while I while he was talking and the reaction to this and you know and, and I want to get your take on this before we get into what needs to happen here but um, I worry sometimes Jim I worry for the for 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 us you know you know you see that guy you see that uh, I think it's a Geico commercial where like the dudes are turning into their parents where, where the <laughs> yeah. people you know and so are we turning into the, like every time that something comes up, we get so we as the baseball public get so weird about it. Like we yeah. hate remember, remember, and I'm sure we did it on this podcast too. And we just were so anti this extra innings mm-hmm. rule. Right. And yeah. we, there were a lot of people that didn't even like the universal DH. And I'm, I know you're not into the extra innings rule still, I am way into it right now. I am. I'm actually really learning to enjoy it. Um, are we becoming the 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 people that we accuse of yelling at clouds? Are we no, turning they, into goose gossages here because yeah. with this integrity of the game stuff? I mean, yeah, in a way, I guess we're kind of. I mean, at least for me, I'm a cloud yeller. I guess in a way, right? I, 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 I mean, some, there's just some things in your life that uh, change comes easy and other things in your life where it doesn't, right? Like, right. I don't know, some people have multiple wives. I just want one baseball, right? That's all I'm, <laughs> I That's what I want. But uh, I I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, there are times where I feel like, okay, well, I'm just... I'm just yelling because I want what I want. And that's what was already there. Right. right. And I'm not really looking at the other side of the picture and everything else. But, um, 
I mean, I try my best to get to the other side of that picture on some of this stuff. And I just, I keep coming back to my side go, man, that was crazy over there. But uh, yeah, I mean, like expanded playoffs. I mean, how expanded, right? I mean, I know what this right. year is bringing, but I mean, the way Manfred made it sounds like this was the thing that was going to go forward, right? And it, Right. Well, yeah. it, it changes the way that we look at the game. And so like, so that's really what I wanted to talk about because, you know, we talked briefly off air where I was like, you know, it seems like he's trying to set the league up for it to be a sort of like basketball and hockey have kind of embraced a little bit, you know, you know, don't sweat the regular season. You know, the regular season is really just to sort out who's going to play who in the playoffs. You know, it's, yeah. it's a build up to the playoffs and, what that does for those sports is it is it you know keeps the um, it keeps the hardcore fans for the sake of repetition because they they love the game and they love watching the game play out you know what I mean if you love hockey you're gonna watch hockey if you love basketball yeah. you're gonna watch basketball whom they're who the game is are searching for those leagues are searching for the casual fans who don't yeah. necessarily want to sit through they want to go to the social events they want to go to uh, the um, they they want to go to what makes the games more of an of a of a thing. You know what I mean? Like like March Madness. Nobody nobody really not as many people watch regular season college basketball. Yep. You know, but they but everybody watches March Madness. Yeah. So yep. I think that's what he's going for here. So rather than. Rather than do what our knee-jerk reaction or what our what our baseball fan instincts tell us, I wanted to kind of maybe just explore that a little bit. What did what would the game need to do to embrace that type of model from a fan's perspective? Okay, so I fired off a few things here, and you can tell me what you you know tell me what you think here. Okay. All right, I'm good. Speaking my mind a little bit. Yeah, you are. You are. You've got. A, I see some vino over there. You're. You're. Yeah. You're, you're a little. You're a little glossed up. We can do I'll, this. I'll. I'll tell you if. Yeah. I'll tell you. Especially yeah, after like a glass or two. I'll tell you if you're full of shit. Can I say shit on this? <laughs> sure, Hannah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm in. Um, uh, bring it. Okay. So, if you're going to do this, if you're going to expand to this type of playoff system and a regular non-pandemic season, okay, you you shorten the regular season a little bit. You go to uh, between 100 and 120 games, okay? okay. Uh, you go to the regional divisions. I like the idea of the regional divisions. You know what I mean? The the you know keep the American and National League. I'm not one of those extremists, uh, but gotcha. yeah, keep the American and National League, but still separate geographically, and um, keep the universal DH, keep the extra innings rule as is. But hold on, hold on. I propose an alternative, and I'm going to do it on behalf of your co-author and friend of the show, Jeremy Frank. I still think he had the best extra innings idea, where each extra inning, the opposing team loses a defensive player. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like I think that to me, like I think that's the that is brilliant. And I think we should embrace it. I would love to see Kevin Kiermeyer play a one-man outfield. Um, but uh, but so you know so those things. So regular season, Jim. We'll get to the roster structure and the payroll and all that. What do you think of the regular season? 
Yeah, uh, to be able to set up for a style of postseason that we have now, right? Mm-hmm. For 2020. Let's, let's, say let, let's just pre- yeah, let's presuppose that the 2020 postseason structure is what's in place. That's what's going to happen from here on until further changes are made. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The regular season then's got to shorten up. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm all right with that. Right. I mean, I could see where this, this season could be, you know, anywhere between 100, 140 games. Right. If you're going to do something like that, it only makes sense. I don't think you go 162 unless you really plan on starting to do double headers. And if they're doing that, then they're going to be those seven inning version of double headers. And really, is that the type of baseball we're looking for? And is that the type of baseball? players even want to play no right so so if if you're gonna play regular full season or full games during a regular season then yeah i can see where you're saying like 100 to 120 right i'd hope for a little bit closer to 140 because even with the expanded postseason you're really only well even with travel you're adding like a week and a half i mean yeah yeah, you're affecting like 10, 15 games in a regular season to take that much and push it over to the postseason so giving back 20 25 games would be fine right um yeah it then let's see you talked about regional divisions um i guess if you are doing 16 out of 30 teams are going to make the postseason uh, i don't really care about regional divisions anymore <laughs> I, I, I mean i mean you boiled it down to okay you're telling me you're going to take 16 teams right right uh, then don't don't leave one of the 16 best at home Right. Whatever. I don't care if your league's got, you took the best eight out of the National or American League. If there was another team that was better than one of those teams you took out of the other one, well, then too bad. Put them in there. That's, I mean, if you're going to put 16 teams in, that's what sucks about the NBA and a little bit about hockey is that the eight seed doesn't beat the one seed in those postseasons, right? As right. Much as it, you know, gets the people to watch and people are like, my team made the postseason. Yeah, <laughs> but your team got his ass handed to them right. in the postseason too because they shouldn't have been there anyway. But, I feel like that would get yeah. older in baseball quicker because of how how much how rosters are constructed and and how baseball teams operate and I feel like that would get older faster than like basketball or or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean at least if baseball continues with like the three game series in their first round or whatever, it's not going to it won't drag anything out, right? Right. But I mean I mean that's one of the bad things usually about an NHL first round series between an 8 and a 1 one seed or an NBA one is that it's just delaying the inevitable. They're playing a four game set or four out of seven, which is on it to be in four or five games. And it's just painstakingly like they're going through the motions of, of the number one seed advancing. That's all they're doing. Right. Right. We're in bait. We're in baseball. It just takes having, you know, two good pitchers in your rotation and all of a sudden you're knocking out the number one seed Dodgers. Right. right. So um, it, yeah, to me, I, yeah, whatever. So, but if we're still trying to get to this setup, right? If we're still trying to get this setup. Um, yeah, Universal DH is going to have to re- remain in place because I don't believe in the division thing at that point. Right. The extra inning rules, all of them are stupid. Jeremy's rule is stupid. <laughs> Jeremy, sorry. None, none of them. None of them represent baseball to me. It just doesn't look right. I mean, expand the rosters to me. I mean, if the if the issue with extra innings is actually probably should be more of usage on the players versus fans experience in my eyes, because I mean, from fan perspective, I shit, give me a longer game. I mean, I like longer games. What but... would you think? All right. This is just coming to me right now. 
But like, what would you think if like, for example, let's say we keep the extra innings, you know, we abolish all the extra innings rules, right? But from a roster perspective, each team gets one pitcher that can only be activated if the game goes to extra innings. Hmm. So like one long reliever, you know, like, but, but if you bring this pitcher in, he's the, he's the last pitcher you can use. That's so, it. your, he's your, your savior. Right. He's like huh. your sixth starter or something like that. Like you, you have to, you have to weigh like, you know, okay, are we going to bring in the fireballing reliever, you know, or are you going to bring in like Nathan Evaldi? Yeah. Bring in the knuckleballer. That's got so much arm and he could throw 180 pitches in case this game goes. To exactly. Like, so, right. so I wonder, what do you think? Of, what do you think of that? I would rather the team's, at the end of nine innings, if they ended up in a tie, when we play that next game and it's zero zero, it's just a continuation of this game. And whoever wins that game gets two. Screw it. Mm, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like silly baseball <laughs> as much as I like just regular baseball. I so, guess, so right? we'll call that the double down rule. Yeah. I mean, well, it's worth two games, right? Go ahead and make it worth two games. It'll be like a uh, soccer and their, uh, what do they call the it? The aggregate or whatever. Yeah. Aggregate stuff. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, you're playing for an aggregate. Well then why don't you just play a 180 minute game? Just play 90 of it on this day and 90 of it. That day. <laughs> That's what I never understood about aggregate. But at least, I mean, I, for this, right. Instead of giving out a tie, well, screw it at the end of nine innings, if it's tied, then, then is it your last game of the season? No. Okay. Then we're going to continue with this in the next nine inning game. Whoever wins that game gets credit for two. If it's your last game of the season, then you just play extra innings like you used to and, and until it's over and then your season series is done, right? No ties, less extra inning games to deal with. And then that whole other nine inning game that comes after a tie is just like high leverage starting in the first inning, right? Because all of a sudden the game's worth two. Interesting. Yeah. Nine, nine, got a nine inning ball game that's higher leverage than one inning of freaking keep throwing the guy on second base at a time. <laughs> oh my God. Stupid. Uh, I just, it's, yeah, can't get on base without earning your way there. So, yeah. No, yeah. So, so, so yeah, the extra inning rules, right? Gone. I don't want any of that uh, <laughs> to make this thing work. And then what else you got? Uh, all-star games, right? Uh, yeah, the right? All-star, all-star games. The All-Star what, game what, would be like a whole week. Like it would just yeah. be like block it off. What do you, what do you want to do with that? You want that in the middle of the season still? Um, That's a good question, like- man. I, I wonder if like, I wonder if like, you know, it, I don't really know because you you saw how like the football moved the pro bowl till like, um, when did they move? They moved it to like the week before the super bowl or something like that. I don't know. When when did they do it? I I feel like they did it differently or somewhere along the way. It used to be like back in the day, there was always the week between the, the championship games for the conferences and then the super bowl. And they would just play it in that weekend between now. I think it's like two weeks after the super bowl or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I, well, I, I don't I don't follow it, but I will tell you this. I feel like the all-star game itself, the placement is fine. You know, the in the middle of the season, I mean, I don't I don't have any qualms with that. I mean, I think that makes sense. You know, there's enough yeah. baseball played where we can make an informed decision as to who's the best. You know what I mean? And you don't want to do it at the end of the season before the postseason, because then if somebody gets hurt, then it's just like, you know, you're disincentivizing people want to play. Um yeah. 
my thing is rather than how we present it as a home run derby and then a game, you know, yeah. I would say forget the game. You know what I mean? But here, here's no, check it out. Here's what you do. You, instead of doing a all home run derby in a game, you make a series of sort of skills type challenges. Okay. So you have like the home run derby, you have uh, a pitch, a pitching duel of some kind. Like you have a thing where your teams submit, you know, they, they get their all stars, right. And they represent them. And then the, they, they sort of, uh, it's like a winner of the all-star week. You know, one team, is like a winner and it's ceremonial. It doesn't have any real impact. You know what I mean? We're not going to bud see like this, but like, you know, it, it, just to add some entertainment value to it. It'll be like that, uh, show back when I was a kid in like the eighties, uh, God, it was just, they'd have like stars on my like sports stars be like Joe Namath versus somebody or another. Yeah. Like, Joe Namath or whatever. But yeah, they all were, they're all like teams, right? It's like, like red team, blue team, green team, right? Just filled with athletes doing their thing, right? You could have teams and... and it would be I fun. I, I mean, it's got to be better than the All-Star game. I mean, the All-Star game is terrible, right? It, I mean, it's... Well, uh, we, watch, we watch 162 games a year, okay? Yeah. And we the All-Star game is supposed to be a break. But what are we really getting? We're really just getting a fancy version of what we've been watching all year. So yeah. why not... So, so you take, you know, you take the whole week and you just sort of build it up as a series of skill challenges. There's no risk to the players of getting injured. There's no, yeah. you know, it, it's just fun for the fans. It, it, I think, you know, if you're going to be the all-star game, if you're going to be the sport that makes it about the fans, like the NBA did very well, yeah. then you do this. So, yeah. yeah, that was the only other thing uh, that I had on there was just make the All-Star Game an entire week of e exhibitions, skill games, fun stuff, drop the game itself. Yeah, the game itself, right? Because it's a, it's just the worst version. They found the best players in the season halfway through the season, stuck them on a ball field, gave them the same potential to play a ball game like they've been playing all season. And instead, they went in and played it like it was a spring training game that, right? you know, where they pitch somebody new every inning and, and nobody wants to get hurt or whatever. It's like, well, scrap that. That's not baseball. You don't need that. Go to the skills competition. Like you're saying, go ahead, still have your home run derby. But I like that bunting competition that they had. And I, I don't remember yeah. if it was in the, uh, the KBO or what, but I mean, the bunting competition is awesome, right? There's all sorts of things that you could do. And then if you want to replace that baseball game, then I don't know, throw a wiffle ball game together, man. I would that would love be to fun. see a wiffle ball game. Right? That Just, would be fun. Yeah, let Trevor Bauer come out with his spin rate and play some wiffle ball, right? I mean, you have five foot breaking ball and, <laughs> and some of the quickest bats out there trying to hit them. Right. I mean, right. I, I think that would be all right by me, but at least it'd be entertaining. Right. I mean, that was right. the one thing about, I mean, growing up, I used to watch almost all the sports versus where I am now where I'm just working all day. But I mean, uh, I, I typically <laughs> just watch baseball more than anything else now. Right. Right. And the football all-star game, the all pro game, wherever the heck it is, has been garbage since I was a kid. Right. Uh, 
the hockey game was just terrible. I mean, the final score of a hockey game was like nine to eight. These all started nobody to hit each other and it just wide open shots. Well, it was, yeah, it was else. the same for basketball. It was like 160 to 149. You yeah. Know? Right. I mean, they're putting numbers at the front of their score that don't belong there. Right. It's just right. R- ridiculous what you were getting. And then all of a sudden it was like, why don't we just add more skills? And it was like, it, and all of them did it. Every one of them did it. Football's got their skills challenge where they're throwing the quarterbacks, throwing footballs through moving tires or something. Right? Yeah. And hockey players are just skating as fast as you can. And then skating as fast as you can backwards for a skill. It's like, well, of course that's a skill. It's, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Right. And that's fun. I, I, I can watch that all day long. That's like, watching the Olympics for me. Right. And, mic uh, them up. My, and you know, the, the whole micing yeah. up thing, like, like the, what a perfect opportunity to, to mic up guys like Freddie Freeman and Trevor Bauer and Mike Trout and, you know, Anthony Rizzo and all these guys that really enjoy that. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's fun. I think it's something that the people that the fans would enjoy. So, yeah. And um, then we won't have as many people bowing out of a wiffle ball game because the, they threw three days before that, right? So they get to yeah. the all-star agreement. It's like, ah, I can't pitch. I'm Max Scherzer, but I pitched three days ago, so I'm out. Right? Exactly. You and get you get what you pay for. You know what I mean? Um, so. so so anyway, so um, so that would be the regular season. Now the yeah. roster structure and the payroll. Okay, this was something that I was kind of thinking. So in terms of rosters, you know, I don't know. I don't really have a strong say in this. I mean, 28 man rosters, whatever. Sure, that's fine. Uh, I'm extremely negotiable on that. Um, but what I did suggest was one of the sort of intrinsic potential benefits here is that a team that was a small market team can sneak their way into the playoffs. That's what the, that's what the, that's what the vision is. I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that's the vision is that you, you, you produce more sort of Cinderella to produce more competitive markets, not necessarily Cinderella, but more competitive markets. So. We've been talking a long time in baseball about the resilience uh, against a, a salary cap, and it's completely justified. I agree with it. I don't believe in salary capped uh, sports. That being said, we're not talking about a salary floor at all. In fact, we don't really talk about it a whole lot. Um, and what I would think is an instituting a moving sa- a salary floor excuse me, a moving salary floor. And uh, Cheryl Ring wrote an article about this for uh, Beyond the Box Score back in November that talks about a moving salary floor. And, you know, I went and looked back at the league average for the last few years in salaries. And first off, it's uh, it's dipping every year. So <laughs> you figure that 2017, the lowest team was $68 million. The average payroll was 140.7. 2018, 139 million was the average. 68 million dollars was the minimum. 2019, 138.5 million. 64 million was the lowest. So you figure if you were to institute a sort of salary floor, I would think you take the average. Maybe you, maybe you meet in the, maybe you lower it a little bit. I think asking every single team because you have to remember what we want versus what we'll get. You know, business is not conducive to what we want. It's what's possible. So let's say, for example, we take the average and then we take like 20% of that, like we 20% off of that. 
So, you know, if we take 140 million, let's say we ask, and I'm, I'm not saying this is the number, let's say we ask for a look, you got to spend at least $100 million. Or you got to spend $120 million, as uh, Cheryl suggests in the article. Um, I think that that would be a way. You know, I think that would be kind of a win for the players because that would ensure better salaries. It would be a win for the fans because at some point a team a team like the Rays is going to have to look around and say, well, we got to buy a good, like, what a terrible thing, right? I have to go buy a good player. Yeah, I mean, if you could get something where it's like, hey, we have a salary cap, right? It could still remain soft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but say, hey, the salary cap's this, right? And you have to be like in the NBA, 90% of your salary cap has to be spent, right, on, on player salary. And if you don't get there, then you're going to get penalized up to that 90%, so you might as well pay for for, for players, right? Um, I, I, I'm in for that, right? I mean, to me, it's like, okay now you're in because you i mean the one thing that's not open to us is their books right but right. deep down we know that they're, they're they're making money i mean at worst their their companies are coming out in the billions right i mean for a bunch of people that are buying these things for you know back in the day for 250 million dollars for a franchise and there's a franchise that's valued under a billion dollars today so or I they're mean, inherited yeah right this, so there's money to be made in the long run they're doing fine right so i think i i, I mean i would kind of consider like what we're talking about here where the salary floor would still have the soft cap on the top of it yeah. is almost like a restrictor plate racing in in nascar right where it's like okay i'm gonna force everybody to have to use a product good enough to be on this track but instead of being like restrictor plate like racing where it's like, okay, you best people out there though. Yeah. You can only stop. You have to stop here. Right? Cause if you get right. too far ahead of everybody else, then it's unfair. Right. Well, that's NASCAR, right? Getting too far ahead by just a smidge in baseball can be decided over nine innings and be changed in, in a heartbeat. Right. So right. Um, if you get, if you force people to reach a minimum and then still allow them to go past that maximum, uh, you're definitely, I mean, to me, you're going to get a better product on the field because even those that are trying to go like the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox of the world that are more than willing to go over that soft uh, uh, ceiling, right? It's it, it still pulls players away from them, right? I mean, it, it's like, oh, okay, the Royals are like, yeah, I was going to spend $70 million this year, but the league's forced me to spend 120 So I went out and spent money on X free agent, X free agent, X free right. agent, which means those other guys don't get them, right? It just kind of brings that balance down. So even if you leave a soft cap, having a, a hard floor would totally bring that into yeah. the middle a it's little bit. It's the dispersion and, of talent. Yeah. Yeah, and then all this then you got a lot more parity in the league, I would assume. Um, you know, the ones that fall behind are going to be the ones that deliver bad contracts. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't mind it. I, I think it would force teams to stop tanking as much. Um, right. I think it would put maybe some strengths back in the players' pockets for how much money they're making. Um, there's all sorts of benefits to a salary floor. But the problem with a salary floor is that it doesn't benefit the owners one slight bit, right? So I just don't know how we're ever going to see one. Well, I, you know, and and I wonder, you're exactly right. It's a, it would be a very sort of pragmatic move by the owners. But I, I also 
wonder, like, if you're, if the way that revenue sharing was changed in the league, where where it said, okay, look, if you make the playoffs, you know what I mean, you get a much larger. There's a much larger financial yeah. incentive. We it would take Manfred to sell this idea to owners and say, look, you know, we, the win-win here, the win-win-win, the fans, the players, and the owners, you win if, you know, the, the fans win because we get a better product. The players win because they get paid more, for the most part. The uh, owners win because now, here's the deal, if you put a better product on the field, your gate receipts will increase. You put a your gate receipts increase now. Re- network television is not going to eventually is going to want baseball more than it does now. You know, and and you know, and that's kind of what it, it becomes less of a regional sport. And then you can talk about expansion. You know, what I mean, then you can talk about doing things in the league that the post that makes the postseason more appealing. So, because right now I I don't see how. The postseason will always be the World Series has been second fiddle to the Super Bowl for as long as I can remember my lifetime. Um, yeah. You know, it has been, uh, and it and it will continue to be. Now, I don't know about that necessarily going forward, but you know, it's hard to dethrone the NFL. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to make the games more of an event. And you can't do that with baseball in a regular season. You can do it during the postseason. You can yeah. do that. But it's going to require them to... I'm not asking the owners to take any less money necessarily. I'm asking them to invest in their product. Because it will return to them, you know, in some way or another. But it's tough because in their minds, they're going to see spending more money. But in reality, it's just investing in the product itself. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having this whole... uh this is the X amount of revenue that's coming in. This is the amount that's profit. How much more of it can I get versus uh, the players I got to pay, right? Right. You get it more into a, hey, we're all going to win out of this if we all just invest, especially those that have the power to invest, the owners, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Getting them on board for something like that when the system's already working in their favor so well is going to be difficult to me, right? It's, uh, I mean... It almost feels like if you were to get the owners to change their mind on the route that they were heading, something major would have to happen. There's some would have to fail. It would hurt them from changing from the system that they have now, because as much as like, uh, what was it? DeWitt that said that, that one, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, owning a team isn't that profitable. Well, yeah, I was, everybody call that bullshit right off the bat. Right. right. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, I agree with you. I think it's something where, we're going to, it's going to have to be sold to the owners and somebody's going to have to do it. And you know, who's going to have to do it. And this is why I'm doubtful it could happen (laughs) is a fan of the game. will have to do it. And Rob Manfred is not a fan of the game. Um, Person has to be a fan of the game and the commissioner of baseball at the same time. Yeah. Wait, somebody go, go revive Paul Giamatti. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Somebody wake up. Bart Giamatti. Why, why did I say Paul Giamatti? Bart Giamatti. Yeah, Bart. Somebody Bart. go revive Bart Giamatti or somebody go just go grovel to Faye Vincent for a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. tough. Well, yeah, with Rob, it's just, yeah, deaf ears. It's just, it's not a baseball guy as much as he like, 
But in my spare time, I, I like watching baseball for fun, Rob. Oh, man, yeah. get the get the fuck out of here. He, that guy doesn't watch baseball on the side for fun. That guy has a job in baseball and he hates. It. Hey, you <laughs> he know what? Like some money that's made. I equate I equate Rob Manfred to the guy who, like, he's a fly fisherman that ends up in like working at Bass Pro Shops. Like yeah. he he does something like related to the business the business of you know fly fishing. Yeah. Or he's a, he's a Bass Pro Shops guy that goes to be a professional fly fisherman. It's like, I mean, I know about business and related to fly fishing, but I don't actually, you know, fly fish, fly enjoy fish? it. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that analogy was clunky, but you get what I mean. I just want you to buy this fishing pole. What do you mean, <laughs> tie a fly? I don't even know what the hell that means. Right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. He's just the worst. He doesn't, he, yeah. Baseball is just a, a means to have a job for him. It, it is no entertainment value whatsoever for that guy. And, yeah. Uh, it's a crying shame. He's in such a powerful position. If the guy actually loved baseball, like a majority of the people that I see running around on Twitter, even the crazy fans love baseball more than him. Right. Even yeah. the ones that are like the, the Yankees could win 10 straight games. And like the first inning, they gave up a run. They're like, what the hell are they freaking throwing Jay Happ for again? Oh, he threw two great games. The last two games. And you're on a 10 game winning streak. Right. He's that guy. He's yeah. just, yeah. You throw me they, out there. And if they win games, they, you know, it works. Yeah, at least those guys care about baseball more than Rob Man. We're gonna spend a whole show talking about Rob Manfred. I, I mean, I hope no. you know that it's on my production schedule, and it, and we're gonna we're gonna do it, and and we're gonna. Oh man, if the, if we survive that show, this podcast will last forever. It's gonna yeah, be if, great. If Manfred ever loses his job, I mean, that should be like I don't know. It could be like a seventeen part show <laughs> where we just celebrate for seventeen straight episodes. Just... Documentary. Yeah, and completely drunk for the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like you have to get hammered before you even start the episode. Ken, so Ken Burns tells off. the story of Rob Manfred's firing. Oh man! <laughs> so, well, uh, look, we're we're gonna leave guy. we're gonna leave it there. Uh, that, I think that's as that's a, that's as good a note to end on as as all. Um, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll be we'll we'll try again next week. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs>